0: Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author, Becca Eisenberg, brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities.
1: Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 29. Today, I'll be interviewing Donna Sager Cowan. Donna is the author of the superhero School series. The idea for the series began with her youngest granddaughter asking about her cat, Ladybug, and why she stayed out all night. As a grandmother, she enjoys reading and spinning tales for children. Each book in the series encourages positive attributes, acceptance, critical thinking, and inner strength. Um, and so I just want to welcome Donna today. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you thank for you having so me. Much. I am so enjoying this. And yeah, so I just also before, I always like to tell my listeners to go to the author's website, if I forget to mention it, um, com. So um, so the first thing I want to ask Donna, and I got her book, and it's, and I'm really excited for her to talk about it today, is just to talk about the process of publishing the book series, the Superhero School series.
0: Well, um, it was interesting because when I originally started out, we were going to write the story about um, Kat and her out out saving her animal friends. But very quickly realized that we needed to start the story with how she became a superhero. And so... um, we laid that out, so there was some steps there that I went through. Now, I have enjoyed going through the process. It's taken me about four years to write the, the first two books, a little over four years. And you, know, you run into all kinds of obstacles that you never really considered. It's like trying to find an illustrator was interesting in itself. It took me about three months. I actually found my illustrator on Instagram which is amazing for social media. But then, you know, I found out later she only lives about 70 miles from me. So that that, that's pretty, pretty inspiring there. So um, we can stay in touch really well. And then, you know, she she ran into some health problems. I ran into some health problems. My mother got sick. And so that kind of delayed everything. And you know, but we pushed through and we did it. And we got um, the first book out with The Courage of a Mouse last year in November. And then just this week, <laughs> earlier this week on uh-huh. November the um, 12th, we released the second book with Curiosity of a Cat. And we are so excited. Um, we are right now working on the the next book. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, the the process itself is Fun. It's amazing. I get to talk to kids about what they like, what they don't like, about the books that they read, about the things that they would like to see in the books that they read, in the way that the books are formatted. I talk to teachers, I talk to librarians, I talk to parents. And so I try to give it an overall idea of what people want, what they're looking for to read, because ultimately my job is to promote. Reading and to tell a great story,
1: so that's great. So how did the one of the things that I wanted to know is how did you choose the format of middle grade over a picture book?
0: Well, I think it was because I wanted to tell a longer story. Typically, picture books are around five hundred to six hundred words. Now, some can be a little bit longer, some can be shorter, and they typically follow a you know a thirty two page layout. Which, you know, and the story is primarily told through the pictures rather than the words. Now, I actually wanted to dive into the characters of this story and to kind of give some soft lessons about, you know, how we process the, the problems that we come up against. In, in both of the books, we have the main characters, Simon Cheddar, who's a mouse, and Cat the Cat, that are going through various problems that are similar to what kids go through at the age that I write for, which is a seven to 12 um, year range. And I wanted them to see that, They could figure these things out for themselves, that they really don't ultimately need somebody to teach them how to be a superhero, that they have all the things that they need inside themselves. They just have to learn to trust and reach out to their friends and to ask the questions and to seek the knowledge.
1: And so when you were writing your middle grade novel, I mean, did you write chapter by chapter or did you lay out a format first or I'm just kind of curious what the process was in from beginning to end, because you also have part two that just came out as well. So I feel like you probably didn't take a break between one and two. You went right into the second book. Um,
0: Yeah, I typically do. And I, you know, I actually have um, books one through eight all laid out and I may continue on further than that. But, you know, when I was talking to the teachers, librarians, students kids and parents you know one of the things they told me is that they have a really difficult time transitioning from picture books to chapter books because typically chapter books don't have any illustrations so they go from you know reading these books that are primarily illustrations with very few words and then they have to jump into these longer stories which go, you know, picture books, like I said, are usually five to 600 words, and typically chapter books will pick up anywhere from 5,000 to 40,000 words without any kind of illustrations, and it gives them a really daunting task. So that was one of the things that I looked at in laying out my book, is to add some illustrations, not to the level of a picture book, but some to kind of give them help in you know, imagining and projecting the story in their own head. Um, Also, um, in the layout of the chapters, when I was setting the chapters, I wanted them to be a 12 to 15 minute read because I want the reader to feel um, fast progress through the book. I want them to feel like they are getting through the book quickly and that they are kind of sitting on the edge of their seat getting through this adventure so there was that. Now um, as far as writing the book, I typically will just sit down and write the book from beginning to end as my first draft. you know, get the story down and figure out all the characters and the highs and lows. and then I'll go back and you know add and subtract here and there. I don't generally set the chapter breaks until after the story has at least gone through the second draft. But again, I do look at word count and reading times when I do set those chapters. And again, I do try to make sure that there is some kind of um, small cliffhanger to get them to continue on to the next chapter to turn that page and continue on with the story.
1: That's great. So, I mean, as far as also when you've been doing um, school visits you know what are kind of, what are the, some of the lessons that you would tell teachers and you were encourage parents to focus on when reading this book with their children well i i
0: have an entire list of um, subjects you know that are Kind of dived into a little bit in the book that I will talk about to a classroom. I do try to keep my um, classroom visits, the actual speaking part of it, where I'm presenting, to about 20 minutes to 22 minutes because any longer than that, you start you start losing your audience a little bit. But um, I do typically talk about some of the subjects in the book, which are manners, which are you know the kids living on the edge or With homelessness and how it affects them. Um, We talk about self esteem. We talk about um, self worth. We talk about, um, you know, trusting yourself, about going out there and trying new things, about what it is that they're afraid of and why they're afraid and how to deal with their fears and going forward. It's more of a positivity kind of thing where I want them to see that their problems in life really are just challenges that they need to figure out how to solve.
1: Well, oh, that's wonderful. So, I mean, as far as like a parent at home, mm-hmm. what kind of advice would you give to a parent at home to sort of start a conversation about one of those topics about, you know, self esteem or um, just, I mean, just any of the topics that you were talking about? I mean, do you have any good tools for a parent? on how to begin a conversation like that with their children? Well, yes,
0: I I do. And these are just from experience. And I will tell you, the number one tool to use when talking to your children is be the example. Because it's really hard to get them to understand something that you're not doing. So do try to be the example. And also to try and remember what it was like at their age, all of the things that you were dealing with, they, um, children of that age are are learning and they're transforming, they're developing opinions and personalities and they're picking and choosing the kind of person that they want to be. So a lot of their thoughts are centered around who am I? What am I doing? How do I fit in? And this is kind of a very inter turmoil. Um, And nowadays we have a very fast pace. So you need to set them down in a calm place and talk to them about how they should approach these things. Um, One of the things that I like to do with the students is talk to them about tolerance and acceptance. It's like, you know, we have conversations all the time about tolerance of people of other backgrounds and things of that nature, but we don't always talk about the tolerance of somebody that we don't especially like, how that, you know, we choose our friends. And a lot of times our friends are based on things that we do, not necessarily on things that we like. And so I ask, you know, a lot of times them to come up with maybe five reasons that they chose the friends they did. And a lot of times the answers are, are quite revealing in how they think of themselves.
1: Yeah, that's great. It's really interesting. I think, you know, also having that different age group, you could get into different kinds of conversations than like some of the younger kids, you know, in a picture book format. Cause I think when you get into the middle grade, there's just so much stuff to talk about related to like social emotional and I think what's so great about the schools now is that people, the kids are so aware of social emotional and they could, I think, openly talk about it a little bit better than let's say when I was growing up because it's just part of their curriculum now. Um, so, So I just, the other thing I wanted to ask you was what advice would you give to somebody who wanted to write a middle grade novel? You know, just, you know, because you've done, obviously you've done a lot of writing, um, and I was, I was just curious, you know, because I know that there's people out there listening who are also interested in, say, write, you know, writing their own story. And, you know, I wanted to see what kind of advice you to give them. Well, I will give them advice that I give
0: to every writer. When you're writing the story, it's like once you've actually written the story down and you have at least some sort of structure, I want you to close your eyes and imagine that you're speaking to somebody Now, I want you to imagine that person that you're speaking to, what is their age? Where do they live? What do they look like? What are they interested in? What are you trying to tell them that they need to hear? And oftentimes, if you can just imagine that one perfect person that your story is speaking to, it will tell you what age group or what genre that you need to write in. For middle grade, if your voice needs to speak to somebody going through this transition period where they are learning so many new things and they are developing their personality and their way of thinking, then you probably belong in middle grade. If you want to help them just develop tips and tools and get them into just loving stories and simplicity, then you probably belong in the picture book. Now, I'm not saying that all picture books are simple, but they are fairly simplistic in their approach that they are one one thought, one subject. Um, If you wanna speak to somebody that's maybe in the upper teens or middle teens, then you probably want to um, look at young adult. And beyond that, if you're speaking to someone that's new adult, which would be typically your 18 to 25-year-old range, then there is now the developing new adult market. And beyond that, you know, there are the different genres in adult. Of course, there are in the, in the, in the other ones, but they're typically looked at for adult. But I think if you can visualize who your reader is, who your perfect reader is, it will tell you exactly what age group, what genre you need to be writing in.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's really good advice because um, you know because I also write I also write books and I have one in mind that that's that's in a manuscript um, still, but that's one of the things I was deciding between is a picture book and a middle grade, and um, it, it's true that's kind of like what I did was that I thought about who you know who is this for and who do I see. It's four, so I think that's just really, really great advice. Right, and another,
0: you know, another thing I tell people when you're writing is, you know, write in a style as if you're having a conversation with that one perfect reader, because it will not lead you astray. Um, I I do work with a lot of writers, and right now, in the month of November, I'm giving out writing, you know, easy writing tips, things that I wish people had told me in the beginning, and. You know, what I do find is it's really easy to get off track and to talk about things that really have nothing to do with the story you're telling. But I also find that if you visualize this person and you continue to have a conversation in your head with them as you're writing, it generally keeps you right on task and forward thinking about what it is your story is about and what is just extraneous noise.
1: So one of the things I want to ask you about, because I know you you said that you've written up to eight books. Did you always plan to have that many books when you started the story? Or was was it something that you kind of always knew that it was going to be a series? Or was it something that just sort of happened when you were writing book one that you knew you wanted to continue?
0: Well, as I said, um, originally I was going to write the story that was that sprang from the question from my granddaughter, which was actually about cat in the world, world right now out saving her friends as a superhero cat. Um, but very quickly I realized that there was so much backstory that I really needed to write the backstory of how she became a superhero. And, and there was when the superhero school and the series was born because it was a series of stories about what she went through to become a superhero. So um, I did initially, once I did transition into the superhero school, um, That I did know it was going to be a series. And as I said, I did originally lay it out as eight books. And um, they are in various stages of completion. Uh, obviously, book one and two are finished and published. Um, book three should be out next year. But you know, I always knew it was a series. I may continue on with the series, but I also think that after writing book two and finishing it, one of the characters in book two, um, Ricky Rent, he has a fairly prominent role in book two. And I think he's looking and petitioning right now for his own series. So I may look at that.
1: Wow, so that's great. I mean, those and those characters probably just become a part of your life so much. Because you're thinking about them and you're writing about them. So, I mean, it's I feel like the characters probably become they're just so personal to you. You well, know, they are so you spend they- so much time with them, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. They, they, they actually feel very, very real to me. It's, um, you know, the other day, a um, person was asking me about my puppets. I had puppets made of the four main characters and Simon Cheddar is the one puppet that generally goes with me. And it's because of Simon's personality. He's very outgoing and very, you know, in the moment, so to speak. And, um, at one instance, um, I was speaking to, to the kids with the puppet on my arm and one of the little girls came up to me and I just, um, you know, you know, got down to her level and I started speaking as Simon and it was a very easy transition for me because Simon is very real. But I also think that each one of these characters in this book are real because they are a part of me that needs to speak in a different way. And it needs to present that, central idea of that part of my personality in a different way in the story so it makes it very real and very alive for me
1: so was the story something that I know that your granddaughter had asked you that question which prompted the story but did you feel like this this story has been in you for a while I mean for a long time that you felt like there was like you wanted to write and that you wanted to get a story like this out there yes I have
0: You know, I've been writing for a very long time. I've been writing for over 40 years. And, you know, I just was never happy with what I was writing. And quite frankly, I just didn't trust myself. I just didn't think I was good enough or that anybody would want to read it. But there was something about this story that really pushed at me. And I think it was because I had something to say and I wanted it to be something that I could tell my grandchildren. You know, it is me speaking to my grandchildren about the problems that they face, the problems that their friends face and, you know, how they can figure out how to deal with those problems themselves and that they really, you know, they really do know if they would just get to that quiet place inside themselves and trust themselves and have the self-confidence to, for lack of a better term, make the right choice.
1: So that must be so great for them to have. You know, when you talk about your grandmother being an author, I mean, have they, Have your have your grandchildren been able to? How old are they? I mean, as far as reading their, as reading your books.
0: Um, well, my grandchildren are all the way from twenty years old down to ten years old right uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. When. Obviously, when I started the um, book, you know, that was, well, when I started the series, that was four and a half years ago. So they were a little younger, but they do still read the books and they do love them. And they like the fact that they saw me at my age still pursue a dream. And I think that can't be discounted for them. And that it's also leaving them a legacy for not only my grandchildren, but my great-grandchildren and for generations to come. And that is amazing to me as an author that I get to live on in my stories, get to live on forever.
1: Yeah. I, I think, I, I mean, I understand because that there's something so wonderful about getting your stories out there and seeing them in print and passing that along to your, you know, your children or your grandchildren. Um, and I'm sure it's like, it just felt right when you were writing this series, which is how you have written so much. I mean, to have eight books in a series is just amazing. So about the, because I know you just published book two, but about book three, you know, if you want to, I don't know if you want to talk about that for a couple of minutes. I know it's not out until next year, but I didn't know if you wanted to, you know, talk more specifically when it was going to be out or any... Anything you want to talk about with the with the book number three? Um, sure. I'm more than happy to talk about
0: book number three. Book number three will be called With the Passion of a Pig. And this is where one of the central characters, Patty Porter, um, she is a pig that's a little bit, you know, shy simply because she's been teased a lot. But she gets to go to the forefront of the story where the superhero um, group has to find one of their prominent members in Sweet Meadows. This is the um, the guardian of Cat the Cat, and she's missing. And so they're looking for her, and because of the things that happened in Book 2, they suspect that she might have gone back through the portal where Cat came from into the real world. And so Patty has a plan and she figures that, you know, she's very tech smart and she thinks that she can go into the real world and find her very quickly and they can be back before lunchtime. This doesn't turn out to be true because the first thing that happens is when they go through the portal, they all become humans. They're not animals anymore, except for cat, cat, was a cat in the real world, and she was a cat in Sweet Meadows. So when she goes through the portal, she continues to be a cat. Now they are humans, and she can no longer communicate with them or guide them through the real world, which was her main purpose. And so we have an amazing adventure just beginning because now they have to navigate through the real world as people instead of animals, and it, it causes all kinds of problems for them and some laughable moments. So I I'm looking forward to finishing this book and getting it out. Um, at this point, we're looking at you know probably November of 2020, um, maybe out sooner than that, but it will definitely be out by November of 2020. So um, keep watching. My social media and my um, regular website, and we'll have more updates on the um, third book in the series with the Passion of a Pig.
1: Wow you we have you have a lot of stories, and I could tell you just have such a wonderful imagination. I I would love to see you tell stories in person. <laughs> That's what I always say. I mean, <laughs> you know, because you're really captivating and passionate, and um, you know, so I just want to thank you so much for for being here today. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we finish up?
0: Well, I just want to let people know that, you know, I do school visits and group visits. So if you would like to contact me for your school, if you're not in the area where I live, it's the Northern California area. I also do them um, either by Skype or by Zoom to schools outside of my area. And I love doing them. And um, you can contact me through my website. There is a form for you to fill out at the bottom of the homepage if you would like to have me come to your school or to your group and talk about my books and any of the 22 subjects that I am willing to talk about. I'm going to be adding to that now that book two is out. But um, I am available and I love doing it. I love interacting with the kids.
1: And where's that list of subjects that you were talking about? Is that on your website? Um, yes, it's on the website. All you need to do is go to the
0: um, tab at the bottom of the homepage where it says contact me for author visits and group visits, and um, it will take you to the form, and it will give you the list of the subjects that I do talk about.
1: Uh, that's great. That's great and
0: of that's course know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, if you have a specific topic that you would like me to um do for you based on things that are in either book one or book two, then I can certainly work that out too.
1: Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was great talking with you and I'm excited to see your book number two and your book number three and all the way up to eight. So (laughs) I I really, it's, it's amazing. So congratulations on that. Well, thank
0: you. I have had such a great time today. I really appreciate you inviting me here to talk to your audience. And I, you know, I can't wait. It's like, I can't wait to dive in and get, you know, Patty's story out. And then uh, in 2021, we're going to talk about Freddie's story.
1: Wow. That's exciting. That's really exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime.